0: You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's topic is entitled, What Shall I Do? Hello my radio friends, welcome to the program today. There is a 2,000 year old question that's still waiting for an answer. The question was asked by a Roman provincial governor in the area that was then known as Judea. The people to whom he put the question should have been utterly ashamed of themselves because they wanted to eliminate a thoroughly innocent man and managed to manipulate people and circumstances that they got their way. You see, Jesus was a threat to them. He exposed their double lives where they pretended to be holy while all the time were harbouring selfish ambition. Besides that, this man Jesus had humble beginnings and was born in in the peasant class. He never went to school, yet his knowledge and wisdom outclassed theirs. In a way they were jealous of him, and in another he showed them up for what they were, fakes. And there was another thing. This Jesus was extremely popular with the common people. They flocked to hear what he shared with them and to be healed of their diseases. The ruling religious hierarchy plotted and planned to regain their popularity by destroying the opposition, Jesus. So, with some trumped-up charges managed to have Jesus arrested and be tried and sentenced by the Roman ruling governor Pontius Pilate. At the trial early one Friday morning, Pilate found no reason to impose the death sentence on the innocent man brought to him. But the Jewish hierarchy cunningly tricked Pilate by saying that Jesus was the leader of a movement that was a threat to the Roman government. And if Pilate did not impose the death sentence, it would show that he too was in league with Jesus. Pilate then tried to bargain with the clamoring Jews by saying he was willing to give a governor's pardon to any so-called criminal in the hope that the Jews would relent on their decision to kill Jesus. Instead, they chose a known insurrectionist, Barabbas, who'd been imprisoned for his anti-Roman activities. So Pilate's dilemma was whether or not he was willing to condemn an innocent man to death. Hence the question that's been around for 2,000 years. It's found in the book of Matthew, chapter 27, verse 22. Pilate asked, What then shall I do with Jesus, called the Messiah? The biblical record continues in Matthew 27, 23 and 24. The mob yelled out in reply, Crucify him! Crucify him! And the governor said, What crime has he committed? But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! When Pilate saw he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I'm innocent of this man's blood, he said. It's your responsibility. So... What did Pilate do with Jesus? Although he was convinced of Jesus' innocence, he caved in to group pressure and allowed someone who had committed no crime to be murdered as a common criminal. Pilate was in a position of power and with all the authority of the Roman Empire to prevent such an injustice. Yet he valued his popularity higher than the life of an innocent man. Tradition has it that Pilate later committed suicide because of his troubled conscience. What he did with Jesus had powerful consequences and the same goes for anyone. Our decisions of what to do with Jesus will have Significant Consequences Because Pilate put Jesus off, his end was disaster Pilate's wife had something to do with Jesus, even at a distance While Pilate was in the judgment seat, his wife sent a message to him She was troubled because of a dream she had Matthew 27 verse 19 adds this information. Don't have anything to do with this innocent man. For I have troubled, I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. In this case, she did what she could to save Jesus from execution. It's a pity she could do no more than that but at least she did what she could. Pilate's wife stood for Jesus. In that, she was an example to others. So what did Judas, one of the twelve disciples, do with Jesus? Judas is known as the traitor. Even in modern vernacular, the word Judas is used to describe someone who appears to be one thing, but something else, a traitor. Judas expected Jesus to set up an earthly kingdom, a political kingdom, so that the Israelites would be free from Roman domination and rule. He wanted to be a cabinet minister, probably what we would call the treasurer where he would have influence over the affairs of state. But he was wrong. Jesus came to set up a spiritual kingdom where people would be turned to and follow God. Judas was in a hurry and thought he could hurry Jesus up, so he connived with the Jewish leaders who paid him 30 pieces of silver, that's about $300, to turn Jesus in, be arrested so that they could kill him. So by night when Jesus and his disciples, minus Judas, were in the garden of Gethsemane, Judas came with some Jewish soldiers with the intent of arresting Jesus. It was dark, and the prearranged signal was that Judas would go up to Jesus and kiss him. That would identify who their target was. Now, although I gloss over many of the details of what happened that Thursday night, the rest of the disciples fled. Judas probably thought Jesus would call fire down from heaven or perform a mighty miracle and at that point proclaim himself as Israel's new king. What Judas did not realize was that Jesus' Jesus' mission was to become the one and only who would take on himself the death penalty of sin so that we might have eternal life. When Jesus was taken prisoner without performing a great miracle, Judas realized his plan had failed. Matthew 27 verses 3 to 5 fills in the gaps. When Judas, who betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. "'I have sinned,' he said, "'for I have betrayed innocent blood.' "'Ha! What's that to us?' they replied. "'That's your responsibility.' So Judas threw the money into the temple and left." Then he went out and hung himself. So what did Judas do with Jesus? Well, he betrayed him. He pretended to love him, but intended to use him for his own selfish purposes. Result? Judas died not having gained anything. He lost everything, including his his life. That same Thursday night, Jesus was taken for a trial at a kangaroo illegal court stacked with those who wanted him killed. This mock trial lasted for hours and Peter, one of the disciples, having fled the scene of Jesus' arrest, filtered into the courtyard near where the trial was taking place. At a previous time, Peter made a bold statement saying that no one would harm his master if he had anything to do about it. But Jesus knew Peter's heart better than Peter himself. He said to Peter before, Before the rooster crows twice in the morning, you will deny me three times. Well, at this uh, trial, while the trial was going on, Peter tried to make himself inconspicuous in that courtyard, but was recognised as one of Christ's disciples, not just once, but on three separate occasions. Each time, he said he never knew Jesus. On the third time, cursing and swearing, he denied even knowing who Jesus was. Then as dawn was approaching, a rooster crowed. And I'll read to you from Matthew 26, verses 74 and 75. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken, Before the rooster crows you will disown me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. This reminds me of a story about a widow who wanted her son to be successful. She was poor and took in washing for other people to save enough money to send her son to university. By working hard long hours and scrimping and saving and denying herself of any luxuries, she managed to save enough money to send her son to university where he studied medicine. At the end of the course was graduation day, when family and friends came to the graduation ceremony. The widow came beaming with pride that her son had been successful. When the boy's mother approached, the son was outside talking to a group of fellow graduates and caught sight of his humble mother coming to hug him. This was her day as well as his. She was not well dressed, and everyone could see that she was poor. Her hands were gnarled and her back was bent from all the hard work she had done for her boy to reach this moment. Afraid that others might realise his lowly upbringing, the boy turned his back on his mother, who had worked so hard to put him through university. He denied he even knew her, his own mother. Her sacrifice was disregarded. She was heartbroken and went away disappointed, shamed and broken. She was um, very sad as she left. And you know, this was a similar situation with Peter and Jesus, except for one thing. Peter came face to face with his own pretense and was ashamed of himself. What did Peter do with Jesus? Well, he denied his existence. Fortunately, Peter later on Repented of his stupidity and worked hard for his Lord and eventually gave his own life by being crucified in the service of his Master. We're going to have a short break and go on straight afterwards. What would you do,
1: what would you do
2: if Jesus came? To spend some time with you. If Jesus came to your house to spend a day or two, if he came unexpectedly, I wonder what you'd do. When you saw him coming, would you meet him at the door with arms outstretched in welcome to your heavenly visitor? Or would you need to change some things before you let him in? Like maybe burn some magazines and put the Bible where they'd been. Oh, I know that you'd give your nicest room to such an honored guest. And all the food that you would serve to him would be the very best. And you'd keep assuring him that you were glad to have him there. That serving him in your home Joy beyond compare. But would your family conversation keep up its normal pace? And would you find it hard each meal to say a table grace? Would you be glad to have him meet your very closest friends? Or would you hope that they stayed away until his visit ends? Would you take him with you everywhere that you'd plan to go? Or maybe change your plans? Just for a day or so Would you be glad to have him stay forever On and on Or would you sigh with great relief When finally he had gone You know it might be interesting To know the things that you would do If Jesus came in person To spend some time with you What
1: would you do
2: What would you do if Jesus came to spend some time with you?
0: Well, finally, the last historical figure I want to deal with today is a Pharisee named Saul. He was young and very zealous, a Jew of course. He was so zealous that he asked for and received a special commission from the church leaders to arrest, torture, and even kill Christians. Saul obtained letters from the, for the church leaders to cross. He, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Saul obtained letters from the church leaders To cross into Syria to go to Damascus to arrest Christians who had fled from Israel because of religious persecution. But on the way, something happened that changed Saul's life entirely. And the Bible record of this event is found in Acts 9, verses 3 to 6. As Saul neared Damascus on his journey, Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? he asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. In a nutshell... Saul did what he was told to do, and from that point of time he was a devoted Christian and spent the rest of his life as a Christian missionary preaching and teaching the gospel message of salvation throughout southern Europe and Asia Minor. So, what did Saul, later named Paul, do with Jesus? At first, he was his enemy but later he obeyed and served Jesus with all his heart. What Pilate did with Jesus was to ultimately condemn him. What Pilate's wife did with Jesus was to defend him, and according to legend, she became a Christian herself. What Judas did with Jesus was to betray him. Judas had a superficial relationship with Jesus based on self-interest. Peter denied Jesus. As far as his denial went, he was effectively saying that Jesus didn't even exist. What Saul did with Jesus was to obey and serve him faithfully for the rest of his life. So how will you answer Pilate's question, What shall I do with Jesus? Like it or not, you will have to answer that question for yourself. Your destiny depends on your answer. You, like Pilate, might condemn him. Like Pilate's wife, you may defend him. Like Judas, you might betray him. Like Peter, you might deny him or, like Paul, you might obey and serve him. Nobody will force you to make your decision, but you will make one. Do you condemn Jesus by thinking Christianity that's following Christ has no benefit for you, therefore you want nothing to do with it? Or perhaps you recognise that Jesus loves you so much that he gave his precious life to save yours and in that you will want to honour and follow him. Of course you could be like Judas, betray him, by being a Christian on the outside while inside you're not. That could mean turning up at church, smiling and acting righteous, although in reality it's nothing but a performance. You might, like, you might be like Peter in denying him. If you're one of those who think that there's no God, you deny him. In this day and age of humanism and secularism, many deny God's existence and therefore shrug off any notion that they are accountable to any higher power. But then you might be like Paul, who for a long time stood in opposition to Jesus, but then made a U-turn and became one of his most effective ambassadors. There are two of these historical persons who, in my opinion, made the proper choice, and they were Pilate's wife and Saul. They took Jesus' claims seriously. He claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life. He promised eternal life to those who take him seriously. Ah, my friends, I have chosen to take Christ seriously and therefore my life is governed by that choice. And I'd like to suggest that you too may have eternal life with much joy and peace by making that choice too what shall i do with jesus is the question what is your answer we pray
1: to- as thou hast loved.